0: Throughout history and around the world, there are so many stories of animal transformations from man, skinwalkers, the Jersey Devil, things that are rooted in various mythologies and spirituality, as well as just local folklore. Such is also the case with the Goatman. Here's my story. Be 16, be black, and have family down in Alabama. They farm and own a huge amount of land in Huntsville. Uncle owns a big house and a bunch of trailers they put out in the woods for hunting and camping. Down south, cousin suggests we go there to camp because they know I'm a city kid from Chicago and they tease the fuck out of me. Collect food, kill a pig and some chickens and bring necessities to camp out for a few days. We get to the camp and it's obvious something is weird. It has this, the air has this electric weird smell right before a storm like ozone. We think nothing of it and unpack and go down, you know, to the little creek for a swim for a few hours. All of a sudden, some older white guy and his white teenager uh, come out from the bushes He has a shotgun in the crook of his arm and says hello and asks us what we're doing this far back into the woods. Tell him about my uncle, who he knows, and say we're camping out. He tells us we need to be real careful out here and stick together that there was a big animal in the woods. His son, who was my age, asks if he could stay and hang out with us. He says, okay. So we end up playing football, dicking around with me. There's the white kid Tanner, five of my cousins, four of their friends. In total, there were five girls, six boys. We were all around, you know, 15 or 16. We ended up dicking the day away, so we head back to camp and pulling out the same, some stuff for the campfire, even though the trailers both had kitchenettes. Uh, Tanner says his family's property sits up against my uncle's. He wants to run home and ask his dad if he'd come out of camping with us. My cousin Rooster says he's going to go with him since he's getting to, getting to be dark pretty soon. One of the girls also wants to tag along. It's about 7 o'clock, and it's starting to get pretty dark. They take flashlights to take the trail out towards Tan's property. The rest of us chill, make s'mores, drink, and kiss on the girls. About 30 or 40 minutes later, there's a smell of ozone again. You could smell it over the smell of the fire that we had started. This really nasty, coppery smell right before you'd had a nosebleed and it stopped. It wasn't exactly like dry blood, but it had a nasty, metallic back-of-your-throat smell. We immediately think that some kind of electrical malfunction or someone left a hot plate or some shit. We search the trailers and nothing is on, and we can smell it. All of a sudden... We can hear people booking down the path towards us, and Rooster Tan and the girl come running clear out of the clearing, purely out of breath. They don't even break stride. They all run into the trailer right where the fire is. Right by where the fire is. We all get the fuck out of there and into the trailers. They end up calming down, even Rooster is crying his fucking eyes out at this point. All the while the fire's guttering lower and lower. So my cousins say fuck it and are about to go outside to, to get the generator to the shed between the trailers. Tanner goes "'Fuck no. Lock the goddamn door. <laughs> Ain't nobody else getting outside. He's been crying, too, and his eyes are bloodshot and puffy, and his pants are as dirty as shit.'" He goes on to tell us that they went up to his house. His father said, "'Sure, he could go out camping, but to make sure they were careful on the way back, and that maybe they should take one of the hunting rifles just in case.'" Evidently, Tanner had been seen something in their yard a few days before. One of their pigs had come up, ripped, in half, ripped up and half-eaten, They assumed it was just some big cats or coyotes, even though they don't usually fuck with live animals. He had gone upstairs and packed his stuff and told his dad that they would be okay with the rifle because the coyotes avoid people. Without the rifle, because the coyotes avoid people. So they started walking back towards where they were camping. So Rooster finally stops crying and shaking. The girl already had, but she was just staring out the window with this dumb look on her face. He says they'd gotten halfway into the woods towards the camp when they started to hear shit in the forest. It was almost pitch black by this time, so they weren't sure at first what the fuck it was. The girl says that she heard something in the bushes right off the trail and they all beamed their flashlights over there. And there was someone standing back in the woods in a little hollow. Rooster said that they shouted at him and told him he was scaring the fuck out of him and what a dick he was. He says this when they realized the guy was facing away from them. So they keep walking and they start smelling this nasty, coppery, ozone smell. They, say the look of, they look off into the forest on the opposite side and there's a dude standing in the forest backwards slightly closer to the path so now they start power walking Tan goes I should have taken the fucking rifle as they're telling the story the smell's still super strong even inside the cabin they say that after they started walking faster a kind of low gibbering had started to come from both sides of the wood and as they started booking it back to the trailer, the girl said that she'd flash her flashlight out into the woods to the side of them and seen something jerking itself through the woods. The gibbering just got louder and louder. And when they could see the light from their camp, our campfire, something had come out of the woods about 40 yards behind them and on the track. And they just flat out ran as hard as they could to get to the trailer. So we're out in the fucking woods. We're assuming that at some point some rednecks or, or some shit are trying to fuck with us. And all of a sudden, my other cousin, Junior, starts going on about how he went to school with a native kid that was telling about the goat man or some shit. Promptly tell him to shut the fuck up because we don't need any spooky talk right now. We're scared enough. But he just keeps on going on and on about how it's the fucking goat man and how we're in the, his woods and blah, blah, blah. Now, at the time, I'd never heard of this goat man or any of that. But then a couple years ago, the year before I graduated from college, I had a I had a men on for a roommate and I uh, ended up asking him about it. And to sum it up. It's basically a fucking man with the head of a goat who can shapeshift and gets among groups of people to terrorize them. It's also supposed to be some kind of like something like the Wendigo and it's a bad mojo to even talk about or even worse if you see it. Keep in mind, I don't, I didn't know this back when I was 16. So my cousin is going, the goat man's going to get in and fucking get us. The girls are all terrified. And my cousins are all fucking trying to figure out if there's just some hillbillies or if it's an animal. So all of a sudden the smell just goes away. Like to this day, I haven't experienced anything like it. Like Usually smells fade away or less, and it just literally was there one second, not the next. So it's after an hour, making it around nine or ten. We've stopped shitting bricks enough to go back outside and stoke the fire again. We figure it's just some assholes trying to fuck with us, so we don't want to go back home. Because we think if we do, they'll chase us through the woods or do some other crazy shit. Nothing else weird happens that night, and we stay for another night. And for the main part of the night, nothing happens. At about one in the morning, we're going and getting outside, getting drunk and telling ghost stories. As someone's finishing some too spooky story, I don't remember what about, the smell comes back. It's so fucking strong that one of the girls literally starts vomiting. I stand up and you can actually feel how clammy the air was. I say we should get inside and this isn't right. We should have just fucking left. We all go back inside and we're standing around. My cousin just starts going on about it's the fucking goat man. My cousin Rooster tries to shut him the fuck up and all the while I'm just feeling that something is wrong. And I can't figure out what the fuck it is. We end up sitting there for a while. The smell is just as strong. We're terrified and all huddled up in this camper. We end up cooking brats and for everyone, because nobody wants to go outside. It's in one of those packs with four brats and we have a total of three packs. So I grill them up on the stove and give everybody a hot dog. I get mine. And after a while, one of my cousins gets up and goes over to the pot to get another one. He starts grumbling about how I got two brats and everyone else only got one. And I look at him like he's fucking stupid. I tell him that everyone got one because there are only 12 brats. And if he wants more, he should open up a new pack and cook some more. That's when the girl who had been out with Rooster and Tan just starts screaming, Oh, Jesus, Lord, get it out. She's crying and shivering, and then it dawns on the cousin standing up what the fuck is wrong. Me and him both glance around the room, and then I feel my heart fucking sink. I run the fuck out of the cabin, and the girl runs out with us. The trailer door is banging on the side, and the trailers. everyone books out of the cabin. One of my cousin's friends asks us what the fuck is wrong. And I start, I start counting us and there's only 11 now. I shit you not. My cousin verified there had been 12 people in that cabin, but being that everyone didn't really know each other well, nobody had really noticed the whole fucking time. There was an extra person. And I realized earlier that I had some kind of notice something was off. You know, when you just are dicking around, having a good time, that you just don't sweat the smallest shit. You don't really keep track of certain small details and other stuff. I'm dead sure that someone else had been in that trailer with us and that they'd been there for at least a fucking day eating with us. What makes it worse is I could figure out which one it was. I just don't think anyone ever actually interacted with the person slash goat man. The girl kept praying to Jesus that we're all sitting outside, eventually get big ass sticks and go back into the cabin. There's nobody in there. We count again and there's 11 people. We go back to the trailer and lock the door. We explain what the fuck happened. The girl says that she realized it too. And that when he was about to say something, the person sitting next to her had grabbed her leg hard and leaned over and said something she couldn't understand. So we're pretty much scared as fuck and we all huddle together and I fall asleep. And when I wake up, the sun is just coming up. Half the people are asleep and the other half are packing our shit up. We all want to walk back home. But like four people want to stay until the sun's all the way up. And some people think we're just fucking around. and just want to stay in the trailers. I just want to get the fuck out of the woods. The girl's name was Kira, the one the goat man had touched. Anyway, I asked her if she really thinks it was something bad, and she says she just wants to go home, and she doesn't want to be in the woods alone for another night. So we decided to split up. The four that want to go can go, but I have to stay because I have the keys to the cabin. And it's my uncle, so I have to lock up. I'm super pissed at this point because I feel like people aren't taking this shit seriously, and I definitely don't want to be in the woods for another night. So I spend the rest of the day trying to convince the rest of the people, now four, gir- four girls and four guys, to get the fuck out of Dodge. Tanner leaves with them just to go get a rifle and he says he's going to be back. So there are just seven of us left by 4 PM around 5 PM. He hasn't made it back yet. And we're getting extremely fucking anxious and antsy The only reason I stopped begging them to go back is because he went to get a gun and now it's five 30 or so. And one cousin did that did stay says the girl Kira is outside. We all look outside and sure enough, she's standing by the fire pit with her back to the cabin. I'm thinking to myself, if she was so fucking scared, why the hell would she come back and then I get this nasty feeling in my gut. Keep in mind, the whole time the coppery smell has been gone and now I realize I can smell just a twinge of it. I say this to the rest of them and everybody and these are the people that wanted to stay in the fucking woods and if we had the goddamn goat man in our midst is laughing at me and asking if I set this up to scare them. I'm looking at them, I'm not fucking bullshitting you right now and I ask them, what the fuck would, would I play like that and why? So one of the girls goes outside to get Kira. She gets halfway to her and stops cold. Kira starts heaving. I don't know how to fuck to describe it, but it was some sort, (laughs) it was sort of like if somebody with their back turned was laughing without actually making a sound. It was the fact that it made me realize there's not a fucking sound in the whole woods. It was dead silent. This was like later in September, so it was still fairly hot at the time. It was super chilly some days too. And you could usually hear big ass geese honking or some sort of birds and squirrels chit-chatting. So I step out of the door and tell her to come back in the fucking trailer right goddamn now. She backs up into the trailer and we lock the fucking door. We pull all the damn shades down except for one. And I put a guy there in a chair to watch her. She stands there for about another 20 minutes or so. The guy turns to say she's still there. And there's a huge fucking... Then there's a huge fucking bang at the door. We all jump the fuck up and skirm around the living room of the trailer. And the banging is super fucking loud. So now my cousin is holding one of the girls. And the other two are kind of giggling with nervous laughter. at And me and the other two guys are shitting bricks. And then we hear Tan. He's screaming, let me the fuck in. stop fucking playing. We go over to the door and we open it. He stumbles in with a the rifle. There's nobody else outside. Evidently, he'd walked up to the campsite. Nothing weird happened in the forest, but he'd seen a girl. Mind you, he said it was not Kira standing there. But when he got into the edge of the clearing, she had turned towards him with a slack-jawed look and just stared him down, slowly tracking him as he walked around the outside of the clearing towards the camp. He said it wasn't until it was almost halfway to the trailer that he had realized she was getting closer to him. They'd started off by the fire, and without him even seeing her move, she had been turning. Inching closer. He said that she he just ran the rest of the way back to the cabin thinking it would it would open. And then he got to the door and it was locked and turning it was about half the distance to the door. He looked around the room and they get super pale. He pulls me to the side and whispers, You know there are only seven of us in here, right? I get that feeling where your stomach drops to your fucking nuts. It had been back inside the trailer while we were sorting out who was going where. And then when we all went inside to talk earlier, they just slipped right back in. We looked around the window and there was nobody out there. So we recount everyone. And basically I go over and ask everyone how many people there were here earlier. And everyone says eight. We all agree it was eight. And I say, well, how many are there now? And they all do the count and realize there's now only seven people in the cabin. So Tannen brought back a couple of boxes of ammo in his rifle, and he told his dad that there was some kind of animal in the forest because he didn't think his dad would believe him. He said it was the damn goat man. He says that his cousin is supposed to be coming down in a few hours, and in the morning, we can all go back to his place, and his cousin will drive us home. Now, I'm actually fucking really terrified, but I at least feel better because we can be American and shoot the fuck out of whatever it is when it comes back. But then my cousin gets this huge or in this huge argument with one of the girls because she thinks I'm trying to be funny and prank them and she's getting really scared and that I'm not funny and he keeps telling her I'm not that kind of person and she says well how do we know the girl wasn't just Tanner and a wig or if it's really the goat man how do we know the real Tanner and the goat man didn't just kill Tanner in the winds and take his gun. So we fucking get into a huge argument about this where me and Tanner are like, we could seriously be in danger because every, at the very least someone has been sneaking themselves into our fucking trailer without us knowing and mingling with us. And at worst, something bad is in the forest fucking with us. One of the girls is crying and saying she wants to go right now. And we're trying to tell her that we shouldn't because none of us are walking through the woods in the middle of the night. And at this point, the sun is going down. and It's getting a little cloudy out. We eat something and turn on the radio for a while. But we can't really get a station out here without any, with anything decent. So we turned it off about the, time, about, about the time that Tan and his cousin showed up. He's about 19, I think. And at this point, the sun is just barely over the horizon. And he has one of those heavy-duty lantern flashlights and another rifle. He walks up to the trailer and whisk, to whisper to Tan, asking if he's sure that, his cousin, that, he's, that it's his cousin. And he says yes. The guy looks behind him and all around the camp and then walks in. He kind of glances at all of us and looks a little confused. He says, where's your other little buddy at? figured she would meet me at the up at the cabin. Is she a little slow or something? He also asked where we'd been cooking, whether we'd been cooking blood in the cabin because it smelled like blood and hot pans all the way up the trail. We're like, fucking no. <laughs> but we asked him what the fuck he was talking about about the girl he saw. He had come down the same trail Tan had been using and come up one on um, one of you guys' buddies standing in the middle of the trail looking at him slackjawed. He would asked her a bunch of questions, but all she did was look at him. Then she smiled at him and kept walking. She couldn't seem to keep up with him and kept lagging a little behind him. He asked her if she was hurt or something she needed any help, but she continu- continued to stare. Eventually, he had been walking and turned around a bend in the trail. But when he turned around and went back to see if she was okay, the trail was empty. He had assumed she had taken some sort of shortcut through the woods to the trailer. We tell him the whole story of what's been going on and I half expect him to say we're full of shit. And He just listened and sat down on the couches in the living room. Henner's cousin gets back to the girl. He says, "When she kept trying to lag, when he, when he kept, tr- when she kept trying to lag behind him. It was kind of weirding him the fuck out. So he tried to keep her in front of him. But no matter how slow he walked, she was always lagging a little behind. And that he smelled a n- nasty smell, and it got stronger as he got to the camp. Eventually, he got really strong. And he had said something, she had said something really low that he didn't catch. And then he almost turned around. She had been right the fuck on him, and he stepped back from her." It was at this point he asked her if she was okay, and if she wasn't, him to carry her the rest of the way, and she just kept staring. He said he reached out to her as in to grab on her shoulder, and he must have misjudged the distance because she was off to the side of where he put his hand like she had moved while he was looking dead at her. So at this point, we know this shit's real, unless Tan is playing a joke, which we can tell he's not because he's almost pissing his pants. So they load up their rifles, and we eat some more. We just kind of sit around until about 11 o'clock. This fucking day, every time I think about this, I really pray to God it was just some huge prank my cousin played on me. Because I've never, because just never revealed that I, shit for, that I would shit for the rest of my life. At around 11, the stink of copper returns to an actual nasty, gross, blood like smell, like cooking blood and cinched hair. Tan and his cousin Reese get the fuck up instantly and grab the rifles. There's like a half knocking, half clawing at the door and I shit you not, there's this voice and it sounds like when you see those YouTube cats and dogs whose owners teach them how to talk, it says in this halting, weirdly toned voice, let me the fuck in, stop fucking playing, made me fucking go nuts, Creep my fucking nuts creep up against my body and one of the girls just starts crying and calling on Jesus, it was so obviously not a person talking it didn't have the right cadence and there's some shit that i never realized until this moment but we all have a certain cadence when we talk and no matter what language all people have a certain kind of rhythm to talking and this shit did not have any kind of cadence or rhythm one of those youtube cats or the fuck that sounded like outside the door now i'm full of on terror mode we keep yelling aside who is it stop fucking around man and just and it just keeps going in let me the fuck in for almost 15 minutes it sounded it sounded like those cats, just not funny. Sorry for being on a tangent, but if you can't imagine how this shit sounded, then you can't imagine how fucked up the whole situation was. So then the smell goes away for a while, and for the next hour or so, you can hear someone basically creeping around the woods and shit. Every couple of minutes, it comes back to the door to say something. Finally, when the smell fades away, it's around 2 in the morning right now. Reese says, man, fuck this, and opens the door outside with his rifle. He fires a shot in the air, and something effective... In the name of Jesus Christ, go away. He fires two more times in from the woods right up against the river from the trailer. It sounds like something is slowly gibbering and hooting. Then it starts screaming and it sounds like a woman and a cat in a bag screaming together. Like I seriously have never heard any shit like that. And you can hear that, hear the brush over that way start to shake. Reese fires over the tree line and starts backing into the house. We lock the door and we can hear this shit keening and screaming. Reese said something and had come out of the bushes super low to the ground and was crawling towards the cabin. He had shot at it. Pretty much, that was how the rest of the night went. It was literally screaming constantly for the next two hours, and we could hear the ship moving out into the tree line, but it never came back up to the cabin until everyone had finally fallen asleep. Tan had been sitting in a chair watching the door with his rifle. Nobody else heard or saw this, but he told me Tuesday, two days later after the whole thing was over. He said he'd been nodding off after the screaming noises had finally stopped, and he'd been almost asleep when he saw someone come out to the bathroom. And then lay down in the middle of the floor to go to sleep. And he assumed it was just one of us and he nodded off. Then he kind of realized something was wrong. While pretending to be us, and there was nine of us in the cabin. He basically didn't want to try to shoot at the fucking thing in the cabin. Have it kill us all then or or there. And have Reese wake up and start shooting. And then we kill, end up killing ourselves. So he just stayed awake all night pretending to be asleep. He said sometimes it would stand up and do this weird jittery thing. and he, Or heave like it was laughing. And then it would just lay back down. Story closes pretty weak because, from my perspective, nothing happened. We woke up and I noticed that Tan was a little jittery and that he was avoiding looking at all of us. But we had had some breakfast, packed up, and started walking to his house. He stayed the last. He stayed last in the cabin and said he'd lock up and bring my uncle's keys, just to start walking. So to just start walking, he'd catch up, which I really didn't want to fucking do. We got a little up the path and when he came running, basically just jogged to his house and his cousin took us home. There was a little window in the bathroom, and Tan had gone back to lock up and looked in there. We were too stupid to look at a screenless window. The window was fucking up when we went in there. I'm guessing he had been doing that all along, waiting for us to fall asleep or slip up, and then getting among us. It walked with us all goddamn way back to his house, and then when it, when he said it lagged to the back of the group, and it looked him dead in the eyes for walking into the woods. Can you even imagine that feeling? being in a group so large that you don't really know who's coming in or out the thing that most makes you afraid in those woods is something that's just walking in and out slipping in and out among you toying with you could have had you the whole time is this a game for the goat man Was he interacting and testing them cursing them I guess we'll never know curious to see what you guys think about The Goatman and other cryptids and skinwalkers and things that are adjacent to this. Take care.